0: Mr. captain speaking. <laughs> some uh... fog and wonder right now, so we're going to land in Dum-dum.
1: That's the key. I mean, if we all remember from the great um, early 2000s documentary, Shaun of the Dead... <laughs> and welcome back to another episode of the Retro Rents Retro Gaming Podcast. It is episode 54, and I am Al. I'm Nick. Abbey Road. I want (laughs) to go to Abbey Road. Yes, we are back. It has been a couple weeks, and if you hadn't gotten that hint, if you remember our last episode, uh, Nick had talked about a trip that he was going to be taking to the U.K., and indeed abbey road so let's start there now nick let's get a little recap um what was the trip for
0: uh so it was exactly that so uh i'd uh kickstarted oh, back it kickstarted uh a album for christopher 10 and mm-hmm. if you're not familiar with them you you probably are familiar with his work. Uh, he did the uh, Bobby Yedu song for wow. Civilization 4. Uh, yes,
1: one of the best songs, I think. One of the best songs ever in, written.
0: Indeed. And uh, more recently, Civilization 6, the um, song made uh, uh, Well, I'm, I'm butchering the name. <laughs> song made the something. Where's my phone?
1: So I, I, I probably said this in the last episode. Um, when I played Civ Six, I was like, "God damn, this song is just as fucking good," and now it makes sense.
0: Now it makes sense. Yeah, same same artist. Wow. If I go find it here, yeah. D, yeah, that's right. Song di D Volare. Um, basically, it's it's designed to you know evoke you know the dawn of flight and you know journey through flight type of thing. Beautiful. And he he basically uh this album is to that song so um i believe baba yetu was part of calling all dawn so he made an album to kind of compliment baba yetu right. um and this newest one um uh oh, what did he call it oh it's uh man, I, I, like it's it's all it's all like leaking out of my head now, that I, now that I gotta think about it. <laughs> and I, I should go get the score because it's all there um but oh, yeah, you gotta, so you got to copy of the
1: score with it too.
0: Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So, so I'll get into the whole thing here. Oh, so, wow. uh, but yeah, I just, so I, the,
1: I'm sorry. I just knowing you as long as I have, I just see you being as like giddy as you were at six oh, years old Christmas. Oh, believe me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 and you can see some, I think I threw some of it on Twitter. I'm, put, um, oh, I'm working on getting all the photos off my 360 camera uh, off, from, you know, that I was able to take in Abbey Road itself. Yeah. Um, but the yeah, so uh, awesome, the new album is what he's been recording now. This is the second session. He would already recorded back in um, uh, July, so there was two recording sessions. One was back in July, but I was moving during that point, so I you know I wasn't able to go then. Right. Uh, but the second session was it was here in February. Like yeah, I'll go for that one. Hopefully by that point I'll have moved, and you know sure enough everything everything's all you know everything's all gravy. And uh, so it was a winter trip to the UK. Uh, Primarily for that. So uh, it was uh, two weeks ago now, I guess, Um, you know, get out. Yeah, I I take a red eye. So obviously UK is five hours ahead of us. So I knew I was going to be, I was going to be, I was going to be in trouble (laughs) (laughs) because I don't like to get up in the morning. I am not a morning person. <laughs> oh, you and me both. Like I I could force myself up, but I knew I was going to be hurting. So, ha- have in the
1: kids, you 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 still get to not be a morning person. You just no longer have a choice. <laughs> <you>
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like you you just got to get up and go. Yeah. Um, so like the in, in the thing is, you know, I've I've cycled my my schedule before like, you know, kind of taking my my pro tips from having worked the night shift. Granted, that's a complete like 12-hour flip on that thing. Um, but you know, similar techniques. So it's like you know, basically in the, in the week leading up, I started setting my alarm earlier and earlier and earlier throughout the week. Right. Um, that helped. And then I took the red eye. So basically, got on the plane and went. You know, yeah, I, I like ran around all day. So I was like, I was actually pretty tired by the time I got on the plane.
1: Again,
0: and no. yeah, again, worked to the advantage. Like had my you know, had a little sleeping mask, that, you know, would put over my eyes so it wouldn't see anything, and you know, put on my noise canceling headphones and boom, out like a light. Yeah, you know, obviously sleeping on a plane, even if you're, you know, decent at it, it's not restful sleep because it's not a bed. You're just kind of like, you know, (laughs) sprawl out. Luckily, luckily, I won the seat lotto, so no one was in my row, so I was able to just kind of like sprawl out and, you know, just like zonk out, which, which is very nice. Bastard. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) I require,
1: uh, I require drugs Uh, from my doctor. Totally legal. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. yeah
0: and yeah and it's a um what was it, it was, i think it was a seven hour flight um so it was just like just barely enough to get like an okay night's sleep uh wow. but you know again it's not restful on a plane by any means so we're rolling in and uh you know it's uh i think it was um only it was 10 a.m local time hmm?
1: only seven hours
0: yeah it's only seven hours to to london
1: Dude, I I left Allentown at eleven thirty in the morning when I flew out to San Francisco. I got the, I mean, granted, I had a two hour layover in Detroit, and I'm sure that helps because I can get up and walk around. But I didn't get to San Fran till about nine thirty that night.
0: Yeah, I believe it. Like, uh, yeah, it's like, yeah, if you're taking connecting flights, like that, just oh. adds so much time to your 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 West Coast flight. That
1: just, that just makes me more um open to getting my passport.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'll, I'll get into a little bit of london too but yeah so yeah, anyway so, so uh we're, we're coming in it's about you know 10 10 local time and the captain comes over the intercom's like uh you know so, oh, hold on let me, let me... uh this is your captain speaking uh, some, uh, fog in london right now so we're gonna have to land in
1: so we're like, that oh. might be the funniest fucking thing you have ever done in this cast
0: uh oh. so we landed in Dublin and the thing is we can't get out of the plane so you know legal yeah. reasons and you know customs etc yep. etc et is like you know we're, we're stuck on the plane um waiting waiting for London fog to clear and, and I'm sitting and here I am sitting here like and, and, and they also added like apparently the plane was an equipped for fog uh, or you know flying through the fog I guess and, and I, I'm sitting there asking the questions like london's known for its fog why doesn't this plane have fog stuff (laughs) yeah i mean i'm glad we're like you know landing someplace safe but at the same time it's like uh shouldn't this plane have it if it's going to london question mark
1: that's funny man
0: but but anyway you know we were were there about two hours now fortunately we had you know we still had all like the in-flight entertainment and all that kind of stuff available so we it's just like you know popped on a movie and (laughs) It was it was able to ride it out. I should have slept, but yeah. You know, by that point, I was up and I was ex- I was getting excited because you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, this is this is now uh, look. Yeah, you know, Wednesday morning essentially. Um. So we get in. You know, uh, about two hours later, and it worked to my advantage because that means when I got to my hotel, I was able to like immediately check in because uh, the sure. thought was. I would get there early enough I could drop off my bags and then maybe like wander around London for you know a couple hours and then get back to the hotel. Because that evening we were meeting with uh, Christopher and some of the other backers at a nice little uh, dinner get together. Oh, you actually got to chill with him. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah
1: holy crap
0: uh so yeah so anyway get to the you know able to check in i, I basically at that point I'm just kind of like unwinding and you know then i you know freshen up take a nice shower and uh then go to do the dinner thing that that was awesome there was about uh i think 10 or so backers uh, off the top of my head that were there i was actually surprised wow. at the number i was expecting it to be less but
1: that's really cool though you had a, a group that you could you know kind of bond with and uh that are going to obviously be as enthusiastic about it as you are.
0: Oh, yeah. And and, um, and they're from, you know, I, I say from all over the place. We had the, the, one guy who won the distance uh, was from Australia. Oh, <laughs> so one guy flew fuck. all the way from Australia to come to the recording. Now, I I
1: had uh, I have a co-worker at my current job who flew to Australia from the UK. And in his own words, lives in the UK, it was fucking hell and i'll never fucking do that shit again (laughs) um yeah no man it's it's um it's awesome now is that your first time in london
0: surprisingly well i i should say yes and no because uh back in 2003 i passed through heathrow the international terminal on my way to india Yeah, but I never, I never left the terminal. Like it was just a layover, and we never left the terminal. So technically, I never really landed in London, so to speak. Never went through customs, but I was there, you know, on Terra Firma, um, back in two thousand
1: three. Now, for those who do not stalk uh, Nick or I on a regular basis uh, for the past fifteen years. Sorry, 17 years. Uh, <laughs> that was actually the first time you and I met, was when you got home from your trip from New Delhi uh, mm-hmm. and came to work uh, where I was working my internship, the company your dad ran at the time. Yep. So so that was technically the last time you were in London. So, that, But this was your first time really kind of walking around there. That's, that's really cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, first time experiencing the city. Um, and... I was really surprised, because it's a city of 10 million people, and it oh, never huge. really felt like that. I mean, it felt like a city. Like, don't get me wrong. It right. wasn't like there was no one there. <laughs> but it's, it's, it wasn't like the levels of New York City, where there's just people everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Like, you feel like you're, you know, not just like, but close to it, like shoulder to shoulder, and there's just people everywhere. Cars are everywhere. You know, I mean, you think Broadway, it's like five lanes long yeah. or wide, and just stuffed to the gills with cars.
1: That's fascinating. Um, so it's not like that.
0: Yeah, it was never really like that. Like, the streets maybe at points got maybe four lanes wide, but there was always, like, a divider in the middle, and it was never, like, super (laughs) bumper-to-bumper. I always found it curious. But ton of public transportation, and that's, like, the easiest part of getting around.
1: That's the key. I mean, if we all remember from the great um, early 2000s documentary, Shaun of the Dead... uh, (laughs) <laughs> the character david says i don't see a point i don't see the point of owning a car in london and that actually from what you're telling me now makes a lot of sense um just based on a few expatriates that i'm now friends with basically said that they just they took public transportation it was great you know and you could get basically anywhere you needed to go So yeah, yeah, that, that that
0: is absolute truth. I mean, starting even with the airport, like, you know, there's, there's, you know, much like uh, if you ever been to Seattle, like the SeaTac goes from the airport right to the city, uh, same thing with Heathrow to London. Like you get right on, um, right on the underground and you take it, you know, it's about, it was like our drive into central London where my hotel was, uh, or I, I say drive, but ride, um, and yeah, it was like the easiest thing. Everything's on what's called an oyster card. So you can actually, I actually pre-ordered it and had it shipped to me prior to, you know, going there. So I didn't have to mess with stuff, you know, in in the terminal. <laughs>
1: you are and like it, the it, best prepper, I know. I'm, I, not, gonna <laughs> <fucking lie. laughs> I'm not surprised.
0: And yeah, and you know, it's basically a contactless card and, you know, if you've, you know, had any kind of, you know, that that kind of stuff here in the States, it's very easy to slap it down, boom, gates open, you're in, you're good to go. And you can always top it off if you need to. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, it it works on the the underground, it works on the buses. um, And I think there's, oh, there's like a ferry because, you know, obviously the Thames River goes up, you know, the middle yeah. Uh, they even had, like, you know, ferry taxis, essentially.
1: So how did the London Underground compare to the fine DC Metro uh, subway that we took <laughs> so,
0: back so in the day? It, it, yeah, if you've been to multiple cities, you know each city's metro <laughs> has its own quirks and kind of like, oh, you know, I don't sure know. it sure does for uh, flora and fauna type of thing. Um, surprisingly, it, the the underground wasn't too different than uh, I don't know. I, I, it, it didn't smell, so there, there wasn't a smell. So right, it wasn't so like it was Boston New or New York, which, which you know that that has a did didn't have that
1: exquisite smell. smell of mixed piss.
0: Yeah, but it it, it did feel old. Okay. Um, it, I, I think the cars were from the seventies right now, but like you're rolling into the stations and yeah, you could just, you could just tell like this, this was, you know, built on the back of something very, very old. I mean, that, go, that goes without saying for the entire city, really.
1: Well, yeah. That's like old city under there.
0: Yeah. And, but, but it was very functional. The, the, the thing I found curious, you know, the, the, you always hear the phrase, mine, the gap, you know, is, yeah, is mine, very British thing. Gap. Mine. Um, the gap. Yeah, mind the gap. That is a very factual truth on the underground. Like, because uh, almost every metro here in the U.S., it's very much the the, the, you know, the train rolls up and it's always uh, uniform with the platform, and maybe like only you might have like an inch or something between the car and the platform itself, right? Yeah. Uh, the underground, you could be stepping up, you know, like a stair step or down a stair step. Or you know, uh, over six inches worth of gap between the train and the platform. That so, would and, not and, work ev- for me. and every half, station was different.
1: My half crippled hmm? ass would be the one slowing everybody down because I have to crawl up it like a goddamn baby.
0: <laughs> and, and now fortunately like when you get into central london everything everything starts to get a little more even i think okay. you know probably because it's probably gone through more modernization but sure. uh when you're on the you know the you know more uh, suburban you know outer parts of london yeah like the you know platforms all over the place and yeah I, it was one of those like you know strange curiosities i noticed uh you know, while, while uh, traveling
1: that's interesting um, one of the things I noticed, uh, just looking at your pictures that mm-hmm. you posted. Speaking of retro, uh, one of my favorite things, uh, and you know this because you've known me for years. I love anything medieval, and oh the, sure, the castle pictures that you got. And actually, it's it just shows how well he knows me. We should be married. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he he uh, tags me in a picture uh, in the middle of your trip. And you were like, "Oh, you'd have a field day here!" And it was the like arms and armaments museum. Yeah,
0: yeah, and yeah. Like, yeah. Oh. So that, that was the that was the Tower of London. Oh my um, god! I spent a week such there. Such a yeah, such a beautiful beautiful uh, uh, grounds to be on. Um, That's
1: incredible, man. The incredible pictures.
0: Yeah, and I think that particular it was the basically the central castle. I think it's called the White castle i think is what's called yep um and yeah it houses a ton of like you know and and there's like periods of armor too like you know it's like you're going through it you know like the very earliest pieces of armor up to um i think late 18th century or so when it started more become more ceremonial in nature when you know firearms started like you know beat armor
1: yeah and and, Uh, um yeah what what got me though is like some of the pictures you took a picture of the one tower and um The first thought that that comes into my mind as a morbid historian fan is like, wow, the Twin Princes died in those walls. Mm -hmm. You know, Richard III and the the heirs that, you know, he was supposed to take care of, you know, mysteriously died there. And then you think, like, the Tower of London was the prison for um, high-profile criminals – um, Robert de Bruce's father was in prison there for a while uh, uh, King David before he was king was in prison there for a while um, uh, of, of Scotland sorry I'm getting uh, uh, people here nobody the, nobody reigns as much as I do when they're bored and looking at wiki um, <laughs> but it just it, it, it blows my mind because like I sit there and have like all the people I know like I know you can walk on those grounds. The same as I would, and you can immediately feel that there is a hundred years of history, probably one thousand mm-hmm. footsteps on the exact spot that you were stepping
0: absolutely yeah
1: oh that's it's just awesome, man, like you really you posted some amazing pictures on Facebook, some amazing pictures on Twitter, but now, now we drive the car to the meat of it, so another thing um uh, listeners may not know. Uh, Thanks to my dad, mainly when I was uh, a little wee babe, I am a big Beatles fan. (laughs) And uh, so the first question I have to ask you, considering your destination, did you walk the crosswalk with your 10 pals and who was John, Uh Paul, George and Ringo? (laughs)
0: <laughs> so, uh, uh, I, I did walk the crosswalk, but it was just by myself. So, <laughs> and you know, for, for those who, who know the true history, that is an active road. That's not like, like saying, some, did like, you, almost you
1: know, get hit by a car
0: yeah (laughs) so you're you're literally trying to run across the crosswalk between traffic (laughs) and you know I had like a little uh I had my 360 camera so I'm still getting the photos off that thing uh but yeah I did I do have a picture of that of me crossing the famous uh you know Beatles crosswalk on Abbey Road and the only in in the fog in the morning
1: (laughs) the only reason I know that it is a busy crosswalk is because the other thing I've obsessed over, aside from history, is the behind the scenes on the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> Peter Jackson and Richard <laughs> Taylor and two of the uh, Rick Porras and uh, one other of the uh, production people decided to replicate the Beatles photograph, and it took them about seven takes because they had they wanted to try to make it look stylish and get the footsteps right, except they almost got hit by cars, like, they'd be doing it, and they were, like, half running <laughs> yeah. half walking across the crosswalk. So it's it's just it, – but it's so cool, man. I'm so happy you, like, got to do that. Like, that's just – that's wild. So, all right, so let's go – now let's go to the meat of it. It's the day of you going into Abbey Road with the composer of the main themes for Civilization V and Civilization VI. Uh, take us through it.
0: Yeah. So, uh, get up, you know, I, I say early, but it was more like, you know, it's like, you know, jet lag was still hitting me hard. So, you know, I get up, you know, enough time to like run to, uh, basically their the equivalent of the Starbucks. It's a, it's called prep Major. I'm, I'm probably butchering it. I'm sure get my, my breakfast sandwich and get on the bus, uh, to take me to Abbey road. Which, which again it allows me to kind of like see see a little bit of the city you know on the nice you know the, the traditional double decker so i get up on the second one just kind of walk you know take about a half hour ride from the hotel to abbey road and, and 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 this is another thing like when when you're in london and even like going through the parts of london there are there are things that you thought were stereotypical from like the movies and it no it it's truth uh one of the things that stood out was like the stove Pot pipes, you know, or chimneys rather. Right. You, know, you think, you think like, you know, Mary Poppins and, you know, like those, <laughs> those type of chimneys. Like, no, oh, that's that? real. That, that, that is London. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> and uh, as you approach Abbey Road, you're getting into a very residential sector. It, it, you know, it's not in an industry part of the city. It's actually oh, in, and there are signs like actually at Abbey Road where it says like you know uh, when you're inside the building as you're leaving it'll say like please be quiet you're in an, you're in a, a residential neighborhood and it hits you it's like you're right like people live around now these are like multi million dollar like probably penthouse you I was know, say it's style yeah expensive. Oh, yeah, like it had to be like, it's definitely, it was very, you know, the upper uppity part of town, but yeah, like it's, it's a residential area. So it didn't have like, you know, the kind of the usual trappings of the more, you know, inner parts of the city or any kind of, uh, you know, more commercial stuff. Like there's almost nothing around it. Um, it's very unassuming is the best way to put it. Yeah, that's uh, really and they have they have a huge wall, you know, fence and wall a wall fence in front where uh, people. I think people can actually sign. It. I didn't want to be signed like, you know, <laughs> suddenly pulled over by a bobby. It's like, oh, what are your graffiti? yeah. but, you graffitiing? But know, like Nick I think you can actually your write your name W-U-Z, on the wall W-U-Z,
1: and be that ugly American tourist. Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: It's like <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna be that American tourist again. You know, <laughs> does a boo boo? I think you could write on the wall, but I I didn't want to find you out. Could you have know, it's like there's, the
1: there's... retro rents were here. I'm
0: just fucking <laughs> right, saying. Maybe. maybe Maybe next, maybe next time I go to London, something, you know, I'll actually do that. Um, because I was more, you know, like I got there and it was about, I think about a half hour before, uh, you know, we were supposed to be there. And I wanted to get there a little early enough to be able to do the, like the crosswalk, just walk around a little bit. Like I said, folks, he's a prepper. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, you know, the, the truck was already there unloading all the orchestra stuff. Oh, cool. Um, but we, we get in and... It, again, it, it's very unassuming. You're talking, I don't know. Um, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll use your house as size as an example. You'll know it, obviously. No, you know, our listeners won't really know it. But you think you think a nice, uh, nice urban home, uh, and it's about that length. Now, granted, it, it, was, it was marked on both sides by other you know buildings, it's very close. You know, with you know, it's still in the city. It's not you know out in nowhere. Right. Um. But it it's a very you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's Because it's so unassuming, it's like you know, it looks like a regular building, and you're like, "Is this really the size?" But you get in, and it's wow. and, you, you, and suddenly you feel like you're stepping in, like you know, I, I, I'm going to continue my British uh, terminology here, you know, the Tardis and you know Doctor Who, because <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot bigger on the inside. No kidding. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, uh,
1: just to, to to on the size of the studio there, just to kind of hit the pause button for a second. Um, again, uh, Nick and I, we mentioned before we used to be in a band and we actually recorded in a recording studio. So mm-hmm. how, I, I mean, I saw the picture of the booth, the booth was obviously much more high tech. Uh, oh than, yeah. Than, like, uh, the one at Red Rock. Absolutely massive. So what would you say just in comparison of, uh, like two times the size, three times the size, how big was Abbey Road in comparison to Red Rock?
0: So to put in perspective, basically it's like, you know, we sign in, there's like, you know, like a, you know, you're, you're, I don't want to demean it, but it's like rental cop at the desk type of thing. He's yeah, like, you are yeah. yeah, sign in. He yeah. points down the hallway. It's like, you're going to go down the hallway, down the stairs, take a left, take a right. And you know, you're know, okay, you like, oh my goodness, like, where are we Red Red going? <laughs> <laughs> and and I actually love the fact that we had to do this because it's basically Studio One, which is the biggest one they have. Oh and if you, were, if in you've in seen the Lord of the Rings one? behind the scenes where they're recording the orchestra, they recorded there. Star Wars recorded there.
1: Yeah, dude. That's like the biggest studio on Abbey Road, Like as far as history mm-hmm.
0: goes. You were in Studio One? In studio One. Oh my God. Which is in basically the very back of the thing. Uh, so, as a result, we have to walk past all the other studios along the way, which oh is fantastic because you, you're walking, you know, like the first set of hallways is basically a That's whole bunch awesome. of like smaller recording booths. Like those were the size of, of uh, Red Rock. Uh, it, it, you know, oh and you remember, God. you know, more or less how big that was. Yeah. Like there were, there were about three of those on the way to the main intersection. And then, oh. you know, there's some like side offices. So, Obviously, you know, because it's a big studio and it works a lot with the movie industry, you could see like this is editing room one, two, three, like, like it's set up so they, they can not only record the orchestra, but they could actually start editing and putting it to film in those places. And they even had some like v- some very old equipment in the hallways of like old tape reels for not only film, but even recording um, and just like old uh, uh, mixer boards, things like that. Just, you know, like part of their old history that I guess either they couldn't get rid of or right. cause it wasn't really just set up as a, as necessarily like, you know, kind of museum esque display, but at the same time, it kind of felt like that.
1: Yeah. Like stuff on the walls, a lot of bigger studios do that to show up yeah. like, who recorded yeah. here you know, and all that.
0: Yeah. Cause like, I mean, who's going to take this stuff anyway, type of thing. So they yeah, just so kind of like so. leave the cool stuff hanging around and it's like, you know, don't touch whatever. But uh, so anyway, we, we go down there, you know, down the hallway, down a set of stairs and then, you know, another set of hallways. And, and meanwhile, we're also going past, you know, not only the other smaller studios, but like all these posters that are signed of, you know, all the other things. There's a Lord of the Rings one.
1: Yeah. That's right. That was uh, signed. That's right. How are sure they, they did uh, the two towers mix there
0: yeah exactly so like all all the stuff that's basically been recorded there uh you know are on the walls which, which, which kind of again it lends itself to additional history of like you know yeah. they may not necessarily advertise advertisers recorded there but like oh it's like i recognize this movie you know like almost all the marvel stuff had been recorded there
1: oh yeah um, howard shore was the fourth guy in the abbey road photo <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> so yeah 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 exactly yeah exactly um and funny enough, like, uh, you know, talking with the composer, apparently like Disney just rents out Abbey Road non non-discriminately. Like they actually oh, yeah. had, to, they had to fight for, well, I say fight, but basically it's like say, hey, can we show up and record this day? And, Dis- you know, basically it was up to Disney to say uh, yes or no. And more or less, I guess what they do is they just literally block Abbey Road, whether they need it or not. And yeah. yeah, you know. Now, fortunately, I guess it was like case of like, yeah, we're not recording that day. Go ahead and you know do your stuff. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. geez, I've heard Disney. that. That's interesting
1: <laughs> that you've literally confirmed that. I've heard that before, where they pretty much block it off like almost indefinitely. Yeah. Uh, just because when it comes time for them to record and they have all the resources to do it, they have to just go. Yeah. And exactly. They, they can't reschedule. They can't do anything. So they have to have a spot. And I had heard. That Abbey Road was that place, but it's one of those like it's I don't know like it's interesting to really hear that confirmed. That's that's actually really cool.
0: Just yeah, well, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they book multiple places, but yeah, like definitely like Abbey Road is definitely one of those places that they just right. like they just you know put down money and they and they permanently book it and then you, you know that cost, obviously other people
1: two hundred a month. Uh,
0: <laughs> how much? going uh, to <laughs> gonna say?
1: How much you think that runs Disney? Like one hundred two hundred dollars oh. a month. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah,
0: I, I mean that's a that's a good question. Perhaps
1: two fifty.
0: Because I think like a tentative cost more or less it's it's about three quarters of a million to get the studio and the orchestra just for like what we did. Um, wow. But but just the studio just like you know, because I mean, you know, the studio like doesn't bring your own, own
1: shit kind of thing and
0: yeah, yeah, like because the studio and whatever you bring in to record, you know, whoever or whoever you bring in to record are totally separate. So, you know, it's not wow. like you know, you, you get the you get the Abbey Road Studios, and suddenly you get the orchestra. No, those are you know two separate entities. Wow. So, yeah, like the fact that, you know, you know, granted it's Disney, they can throw money at whatever they want. But yeah, again, it was just one of those like interesting little quirks that came out of like, you know, the talking with, you know, the composer and even like, you know, some of the, you know, the personnel uh, within Abbey Road, you know, you know, because they're just talking and, you know, talking shop and whatnot.
2: Sure.
0: Yeah. And uh, but yeah. So so anyway, we get in there. You know, it's around now nine thirty in the morning, and the orchestra's starting to form. And if if you've seen, it, like, it, it's really hard to get pictures of the whole room because usually, like, when you see behind the scenes, it's always the camera facing out of like the control room, or yeah. you know, there's actually a, a upper deck balcony. And so what had happened was they set up, you know, all the chairs for us in that upper deck balcony inside the studio itself. Uh, When I share the pictures, you'll you'll actually be able to see, like, where we are able to sit. Uh, But we're basically, like, right above the control room inside the Studio One. Wow.
1: So you were actually able to take pictures then. I thought you were sneaking them.
0: Oh, no, no, no. Like, yeah, that was the thing. Like they, they totally, you know, like, uh, like are his assistant and even like there's signs everywhere, like no pictures in the public area. But I think that's cause I think they actually do do tours. Cause there's also like a little oh, store that I actually didn't, you know, yeah, I'm kicking myself for not doing, but, uh, yeah, there was a. T- store like right next to Abbey road. It's like the Abbey road studio store, it's, you know, but I think right. they run like tours when nothing's you yeah, know, absolutely nothing's happening so you know they can still make money and you know it's like well, yeah, the, yeah. the side hustle essentially for tourists oh, yeah. um I saw uh, so I, I think i think that those, man, those plaques were out. more for that because i was able to like sneak pictures in the hallway and no one was like necessarily yelling at me but i was like you know still discreet about it but once we we're in like the, the rule was obviously nothing that made noise because you know it's like Time is money uh, when you're when you're recording because, you know, basically they sit down and they're sight reading and they're and they're going.
1: Oh, yeah. And it's so mic'd up in there, like it'll pick up a bit from a camera. Yeah,
0: exactly. So it's like nothing, nothing with noise. So, but, you know, some of us were just making very discreet pictures with like our phone, making sure, you know, you know those weren't making noise. Um, so you could, you know, at least do that. And then when, you know, between sessions, when the orchestra had a break or something, we were allowed to like walk around and, you know, take more, more non-discreet pictures if you will um so yeah i was was actually able to get quite a bit uh and i was quite quite happy with that so again i'm I'm getting those off (laughs) and i'll share those shortly on the facebook page and you know you know blast it out on twitter so you guys can see
1: yeah definitely uh i would say definitely put that on the save point because when i drop this episode i'm sure everybody will want to see that
0: oh sure yeah 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 well Um, maybe i'll 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 do it tonight and uh, send you uh send you the stuff all right yeah that'd be great but uh but yeah, so uh, anyway, the, you know, you know, the orchestra starts up and and man, like yeah, I mean, you know, as with any live performance, you always know that like it's so much better than oh yeah listening to the recording. Uh, you know, recording's gonna be good. Don't get me wrong, but it's like you know, it's like it's like why why do we go to live concerts? You know, it's like it's, you just feel the raw power of the you know orchestra or the band or your favorite performer. Yeah, and being in, you know just being in the same room is like it hits you right away. It's like oh man, and and, and and I would
1: argue with an orchestra, it's it's a different kind of energy. And if you've never done that, like if there's an orchestra coming around playing something you're remotely interested in, like video games live, or mm-hmm. you know a Star Wars, uh, you know, even, obviously if, it probably won't be John Williams. Uh, Nick got to see him, by the way. Uh, but if you do get to see something like that done by an orchestra, I can't recommend it enough. Like, the energy of that, just when they, like, the tuning. I'm sorry, the tuning fucking just goes right to my soul. <laughs> yeah. like I love that. Thing. I, it, I, I don't know why, like, it drives some people up a wall, but to me... That just gets me like, oh yeah, here comes fucking Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it, it, that's exactly it. And it was the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. Oh my playing. god! And, <laughs> like, and, and, that, and that's the other thing. Like these people are at the top of their craft, and you, you're just you watching them. You know, I, I think they had like done one uh, session prior with the composer, like uh, the previous in the week to do like, you know, just go over things, but more or less, they're still kind of basically sight reading the thing. And they're just like, boom, nail it, you know? And yeah, it's just utterly incredible. And, and the, and the process is, is pretty cool. I I had gone through a recording process in my college days. Uh, so I was kind of semi familiar with like how things happen, but, you know, for, for those who may not understand, you know, when it comes to making an album, uh you, basically from anything from like your favorite rock band to you know the orchestra as well uh there it's different than probably what you think yeah because what will happen kind of
1: instrument hmm? like a certain kind of instrument records at once uh you don't basically have everything going at once like when we recorded like charlie was doing his guitar track separately and um like my vocals were done kind of separately it wasn't done all at once
0: right and yeah it's very similar with orchestra more or less like you'll you'll have the whole orchestra playing together and what'll what'll happen is you you it's called a bed so they'll play it once through the entire time do it all the way through and record it and then what'll happen is they'll start taking chunks and like okay let's do this this bar section and this bar section and what'll happen is they'll end up taking like the very best performance even though like you know uh, you know i'm you know, um, <laughs> a retired musician but it's like you know I'm, I'm musically inclined so i'm able to like pick on um, on most stuff but it's like to me like they're just playing like absolutely spot on i can't <laughs> you know i can barely you know tell a difference you know sometimes it was like you know we'll play this part softer we'll play this part louder so it's like okay they're going for you know level changes more or less yeah um but yeah, they never had to like restart because of a mistake. You know, and I, I should, you know, <laughs> preface that as like, yeah, nothing was ever because like there was a mistake. It was always like they just wanted the sound to be different yeah, or, you know, bring out a certain, certain section certain a little attacks. more. That's so cool, man. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so they do all these chunks and then later in editing, they'll put, they'll splice the whole thing together. So when you're listening to an album, you're not listening to them playing it all the way through you know, back to front, like you would at a concert, like it's actually a, a mixture of several recordings throughout the day of whatever that song is. Uh, and you know, the other picking out like the best levels and whatnot. And then, you know, and then, you know, for certain things. Uh, so, uh, in one of the pieces, they, they actually have an air raid siren and they, and one of the percussion has brought in an air raid. So he actually <laughs> brought in two, he brought in two air raid
2: sirens. <laughs>
0: That's Which was the crazy thing. part? When it you know when it got to that, we're like, well, you like we're all like ooh and awing, ah, you know, up in the balcony, and you know, you know, they're talking about stuff. It's like, well, you know what, that air raid thing doesn't sound right. Now let's hear the other one. <laughs> You're like the <laughs> other one, the other one. <laughs> so he like so he you basically had a, a small electric one. Yeah. And, you know, it sounded know, like, you know, it was very, very whiny and very high pitched. You know, I mean, all air raid sirens kind of have a high pitch, them, but it's oh, an yeah, yeah, extremely yeah. high pitch. He's like, okay. And he goes, like, you know, back behind his stuff and he brings out, like, this big cantankerous thing and it's one of those crank ones. Oh, and so he's like, he starts cranking it up, like, <laughs> like What? <laughs> and you know and you know surprise you know it didn't super surprise me that this was gonna happen but you know it's so loud that it's like okay you know the guy in the the you know the master control room is like okay you know what that thing's way too loud we're got to record a separate track for that let's you know not have it with the rest of the orchestra we'll record it separate let's put him in the booth down the hall yeah let's put him in the booth that's exactly what happened so you know it's like we you know we go through like you know and all the songs kind of go this way and so you know we go through like like the first half of the morning and then you know right before lunch they you know there's we're watching the the percussion guy we're like okay we're gonna do the percussion guy now and you know so he brings back out his air raid siren and he you know he so he get you know records it all by himself and you know gets that you know that full sound and then they'll mix oh, it in man. later and you know again that's just like seeing the process was super super cool um oh, man and that basically, that, this goes on throughout the entire day. So there's a morning session, and we had lunch. Uh, they actually have, like, a nice little cafeteria and had some rice and curry there. It was actually pretty oh. good. Um, and uh, then, you know, there was a second orchestra session in the afternoon, and then we broke for dinner. Uh, you know, and that was basically, run again, run to the nearest convenience store because uh, the orchestra actually ran over a little bit. And right. so the the evening session was going to be choir. So we only had like an hour and a half. So we kind of like, you know, ran, you know, some of us ran as a little group to, you know, a little, little quickie, quickie shop and got some like Swedish meatball thing. Yeah. And then, you know, ate and came back and then listened to the choir. And again, you just, like it, it was a hundred person oh. choir and just like, boom, oh. it, it, it's hitting you. Oh, you know, just the raw power of the human voice. And, oh, you know, dude. and I can th- feel then
1: I, it now just thinking about it. Like, I'm not even kidding oh yeah that size just hits you right in the fucking soul yeah
0: Yeah. And, and, and that's my that's the only way i can really describe it i mean it's it's one of those like it's so hard to describe the feeling it's one of those you really have to like be there to to fully experience it um but so yeah here in the orchestra but then then they started rotating us into the master control room like you know Throughout the day, like they 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 you know they're kind of being a little picky about not letting people in there, so to speak. Sure. Uh, but by the end of the, day, at the end of the day, I think they became more relaxed. As, you know we you know we were being very respectful and you know like you know we were a fantastic group. I would say because we were barely making any noise and you know we didn't have to like you know give us a look or anything <laughs> throughout. Day, which, which I think you know ease tensions and you know they yeah, led us I have in to the...
1: say the people that are gonna spend like that kind of money kick-starting that thing really appreciate that process, and you already oh, yeah. fucking know like unless you're some spoiled brat you know like not to fuck around
0: oh yeah yeah exactly because because that's the thing like if, if we made noise and they had to re-record that you know not not that it's, it would cost more but again time is money and yeah, the, the orchestra is only booked for a certain amount of time that's a and, big you know, deal you know yeah it's a it's a big thing and you know uh, i don't know if it's, if union is the right word, but basically, you know, they're, they're under contract. Oh, and yeah. if they go over their time, suddenly, you know, the, the composer, you know, or, you know, whoever it is, has to start paying more for that yeah. overtime.
1: And they get in trouble. Yeah, it's, 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 you're kind of understating it. It's a real big deal. Like, anytime they have to stop and re record, that's not related to like you said, like let's do different dynamics here, let's do different dynamics there. Usually, when they have to stop like that, it's because the entire track just got ruined, yep. and there's no splicing that together. Like You have to start over, and that's a really yep. big deal. So I I think you're exactly right. I think you guys being very respectful, you no, know, all of you that were there, I don't want to say guys, but yeah, yeah, know, yeah. everybody there uh, was very respectful, and you were allowed to do that, which... Is pretty rare, from my understanding. Of, oh yeah, like uh, like that. especially
0: I think for that size group, like you always might have like you know friends and family of the sure. of the component. Like, you- funny enough, his mom was there. <laughs> she was wow. right. <laughs> oh man, she, she, was, she was like telling stories about him. You know, kind of like <laughs> you know, his moms do, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's good to know. If I ever got famous, my mom would have done the same shit. <laughs> exactly.
0: Oh, uh, um, so so now now that was kind of like a little little side treat, you know, being able to talk to her and hear well, her stories wild, of man. of Chris's uh, Chris's younger. Um, but yeah, yeah. See, then being able to go on the master control because the thing is, like you know. Uh, we had heard some of the tracks they were recording earlier in the day, so you know you could kind of piece it head, piece it together in your head a little bit. But yeah. in the control room, they were using you know they had the orchestra pl- track playing, and the the choir was singing oh. uh, basically over top of that. You know, and so they're you know not I wouldn't say mixing it live, but they were you know kind of prototype you know mixing yeah. it that uh, kind of shit in the booth. Yeah. like so so you were able to hear like. The whole thing kind of being put together as is, and it was like, oh, you know, like that just, you know, like that just sent tingles down my spine I'm at that say, point. That kind but... of
1: shit makes me tear up, man. Like it's just yeah. like, oh my god, like it. It's so hard to describe, like until you've actually been, been there and seen and heard and felt it. But like, and something
0: and like you, that you were me... feeling in the control room because I think I think I posted a picture of it. Like you did. It may be hard to That's see, but I, I think like... I'm, I.
1: No, you you absolutely did, and that's where I was like, "Yo, you are gonna get kicked out?" I think I commented <laughs> that on your thing.
0: It was, it was like at that point, it was the end of the day, and if I got kicked out, like it, it was, it was a day at <laughs> that point. I was like, "I'm gonna sneak a picture of this place because this thing is intense." And uh, th- if you look at the, if you can see the speaker, I think it's like right behind the console. Yeah. Th- uh, there, there's three of them up there. You know, basically, kind of. Uh, up uh, against the glass partition and those are 800 watt uh speakers like intense wow. they're just pumping out sound wow and, and so like like i said you're literally like you know you can feel the orchestra when we're in or uh, orchestra even the choir in the room but when we switch to the control room it's like we're still feeling it you know even though digitally <laughs> and it's like whoa
1: yeah wow man that That just sounds like such a great trip and i've i've I said this prior, and uh i i I still mean it man like i'm so happy that you got to go and uh you got to go and do that just because like again there's very few people that I can relate to granted it's your fault that you gave me my first hit of uh video <laughs> game soundtrack heron. Uh, but, like, you're one of those few people that can really appreciate what goes into creating music. And, I mean, even, you know, being in the the band that we were for, for years, like, it's a process that until you've been through it and until you've created music, um, it's it's hard to describe to somebody. But you can appreciate the effort that goes into it. And then when you see, you know, an orchestra or a composer you you can absolutely appreciate the abstraction of scale um mm-hmm. writing for you know 10 different instruments of different styles and and just um it's it's hard to describe but I'm really glad you uh you got to go and experience that because that that is really that's like a once in a lifetime thing man it's like you said some it, people it absolutely Disneyland is, yeah. and and you had that so god damn that's wicked cool dude um it wow kind of makes the next part of this nowhere near significant (laughs) (laughs) um yeah uh so uh after london when you got home and recovered from jet lag have you been playing any games or have you just been sitting in your chair and reliving your trip
0: i i think it's a little bit of both it, it's just you know it, I, you know again even even talking about it now i'm, I'm i still can't believe it happened type of thing It was just sure. like one of those like magical dreams you know it's like was it real it's like oh yeah it was it was so awesome yeah um, i
1: feel that way about like the the orientation day of my job to this day and it's been almost. <laughs> like i'm not even kidding it's been almost it's been over six months and I'm like, I wake up and I go to work, and I'm like, am I am I really working for this place? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then, probably, yeah, it's
0: probably yeah, like that similar kind of feelings, just like, no way, I'm like did I actually uh, did that. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I, I've, I've been getting back, you know, back into the the, the cycle again like, because again because it's five hours ahead, jet lag. You know, I was getting up early, but <laughs> yeah. then it was like getting to my my usual like time that I usually play at night, and I'd be, I'd be like. <sighs> Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so starting to get back into things, still still doing uh, World of Warship and uh right. actually I've jumped back into Star Citizen.
1: That's uh, all right, so I've been on the fence about this, not uh-huh. gonna lie. I've been a little flirty with my wallet <laughs> and I've been dying to play a good space game. I got a really you know, good beefy PC nowadays. What is it worth getting right now?
0: So right now, it's on uh, three point eight point one, I think is what it is. So okay. uh, it's still alpha state, still very buggy. <laughs> um so know that you know if if you're looking to put down now, you're coming into a, a game still in progress um but it it is uh, gone leaps and bounds now i've always kept kept a you know a watchful eye on star citizen but i stopped playing about i don't know 4 or 5 years ago now i think was when the last time i kind of popped my head in and that sure. was around you know when they had arena commander and i think they just released star marine which is the fps portion oh wow um at, you know after that you know it, it was like still super buggy way back then uh, like, hyper buggy, you know, compared to now. So, they've actually, you know, it's actually nice to see, like, oh, man, they made a lot of progress. So, they have a, a persistent universe in. It's only one system, uh, a couple planets. Um, but you can kind of warp around right now. There's there's quite a handful of ships you can actually, uh, that are live, that are playable. Right. Um, which is also nice, because a lot of them I hadn't actually seen in person. I think, you know, again, I'd seen, like, things through, like, YouTube videos, whereas I kept the eye on things. Yeah. Um, but but actually being able to like walk around them physically now, or I say physically, but you know what I mean, um, is actually kind of cool <coughs> for me. So so it's it's made kind of jumping back in a little bit worth it. Uh, right. Now that being said, uh, persistence is just on the horizon. I think when they introduce three point eight point two, uh, persistence will go fully live. So everything you buy in game will be maintained on your account. Now they could still wipe uh your economy so you know they're still balancing things and whatnot so they could wipe your credits but if you buy something like a gun or another ship uh you know, in universe it will be kept in your inventory uh for now now sure. again i don't i don't know if that c- will carry over it when they go to actual live live um but again it allows for you know it's like if you start putting an effort now it's like you'll you'll at least be rewarded and Be able to keep whatever you know you're getting at least right now in the alpha state, which which again another good thing. Um, They got a lot of cool stuff on the horizon, so I think when 4.0 arrives, uh, I think in the next quarter or so, uh, they're going to be putting in the prison system. So the idea is when you get a bounty on your head and you're arrested. You're going to go to prison. So, but uh, part of the prison sentence is, you know, you go down and mine rocks and serve, you know, your quote-unquote sentence, and then you're freed. Wow. So that that'll be interesting. Or, or if your div mates wanted to try, uh, they'll be able to, you know, do a jailbreak and try and break you out. And I think you still maintain your your you know your bounty on your head when you do that. But it means you don't have to like you know, <laughs> go mine rocks for a little bit. <laughs> Um, so, 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 so very, so again, very cool stuff is on the horizon. Um, you know, in, you know, talking with even, even some of my viewers, uh, you know, the, the, the question is always asked, like, you know, it's like, you know, should I, should I put down on star system yet? And like, for me, like it, it was a hands down, like, you know, I gotta go for this way. You know, I mean, we're not, I, I started in 2012, so yeah, it's been saying, eight years. Been so I've been following a this long thing. Time. And back and yeah, so and 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 some people are probably already bought eight years and it's not a live game yet. Well, here here's the thing, and I remind everyone of this: when you when a triple A game comes out, like you know via E3 or whatever, it's basically in like the last year, if maybe two years before it's about to release. Seven
1: years to get there.
0: Yeah, like World of Warcraft took eight years alone to develop before it went, you know, to a live state. And again, I don't think it was advertised until like you know six months to maybe a year before it came. So you know, take that in context because with Star Citizen, we're seeing a stem to stern transparent t- development cycle from right. the whole thing. And you know, like you know, a lot of people like to scream like, "Oh, you know, it's a scam or whatever." Like you know, like we're we're getting stuff out of this. Like you know, <laughs> yeah, you no, know, it's it's, 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 fair... it's,
1: it's, it's hmm? I'm gonna say that that now that you've put it that way, I would say it's a very fair um, categorization, is that this is probably the first time that people have been brought into, in a broad uh, fashion, into an alpha stage. That normally, you know, only developers, friends of the family, Mm -hmm. um, etc. QA actually get to um witness we normally don't mm-hmm. see until the game's been six or seven years in development so that's Yeah, say, like good...
0: other other games when they say alpha it's really a beta state and when they say yeah. beta it's it's really a you know this is your minimum viable product and we're stress testing to make sure it works you know exactly. you know testing final functionality um whereas with star citizen you know I, I would say, you know, it feels more bordering on a very early beta at this stage, even though they're still calling it an alpha. Uh, it's feeling more and more like a very early beta uh, from other games because, you know, it does have some st- decent stability, like, you know, the servers occasionally crash and, you know, you'll lose your, you know, daily, you know, whatever progress you made within the last couple of hours or whatever. But uh, for the most part, you know, like the player universe is functioning, you know, they, they got, you know, friends list working like you know back in the day like there was no friends list you know it was kind of a very much like here's my server code type it in and we got to you know synchronize your key turn and maybe we can get into the same instance right um so so again a lot of come they've come a long way in the past couple years
1: so i guess my question on that is going to be um basically do you feel that this is something worth investing in. Like this is a game that, when it releases, it's gonna be, um, it's gonna be worth
0: the wait. Um, I'd say you're you're probably asking the wrong person because my answer already yes. <laughs>
1: no, but, the, no, you gotta... but I, I, I I say this because you are. I don't want to say picky, but. There's no, very, uh, are, I'm, I'm
0: very selective. Yeah, 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 I'll admit to that.
1: There are very few games that you will get really jazzed up about and really obsessed over. That's usually my job, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> yeah. And so to hear you, you know, really have followed it for this long, um, I'll just confess I'm I'm enlisting right now.
0: Oh my goodness. Yeah. Use, no, I, use my I, backer code. You get some free in-game space credits.
1: <laughs> oh fuck! I forgot to do that. Well, It might be too late now. Um, shit! No, I, I literally just pressed OK after that part. Oh, <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> oh. Uh, but anyway, um, you might well, be able
0: I, to plug it in. Yeah, you might be able to plug it in later. I'll give it. I'll all
1: right, well, send we'll it over. You might be able. Later, to... but but really, like, what frustrates me with this game is hands down. This is the game I've been dying to play. Mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting <laughs> is that I would say, um, No Man's Sky,
2: mm-hmm.
1: is is getting into an incredible state on its own. Um, so I'm I've been kind of following. These two pretty eagerly I mean granted, no man's sky is is well beyond um in the development cycle, yeah, but it's one of those like i I've been sitting on the fence kind of forever, like you know, is this gonna be you know worth it is it gonna beat what what they're doing here i'm not I'm not beat it, but to me, it's just like. I'm, I want this to be good.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's you know, there's a part of me that's very much that, like, I want this to be good. I, you know, I want them to take their time, but at the same time, it's like, I kind of want to play the full-on thing without you know, necessarily crashing. But yeah, I, I would say it is worth it. Uh, for, you know, again, for me, it was like, I love the Wing Commander series. I love all the other Chris Roberts games, the Freelancer. Yeah, me too, um, dude.
1: Like, we grew up with those. yeah. Like, They are some of my favorite fucking favorite games, dude, hands down.
0: Yeah, and, and make no mistake, this is a super, and still a super ambitious project to get this all oh. working together. But, but I, I can see it coming together. And it's like, that that's where it's starting to explain. And that's kind of like why I've jumped back in. You know, a lot of, uh, you know, my viewers you know, suddenly are apparently all closet Star Citizen backers too, because it like, it's like, oh, I'm playing Star Citizen. like, oh, I have Star Citizen. Oh, I do too. It's like, whoa, geez. <laughs> We're oh, all wow, like,
1: in really the closet time.
0: That's really funny,
1: because... Like, again, you and I, like, we grew up on the Wing Commander series. Oh, yeah. And Mm -hmm. what I've always seen this as is, like, all right, when I heard of this, you know, eight years ago now, like, I'm thinking to myself, okay, Chris Roberts is finally going to make the game he's always wanted to make and that he never had enough time to do. And... uh,
0: Or Latitude to do it.
1: Or the Latitude to do it. So I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I'm going to check it out. I'm downloading it now. Um,
0: yeah, and you know, if you don't pledge, like they do occasionally do free fly weekends. I don't, I don't know what. what oh, oh, you're, you're you talking about okay. other people. Yeah. Oh, well, (laughs) never mind Uh, it. Well, free-fry weekends are still good because uh, they also unlock for even those who've pledged. You can actually fly some of the other vehicles, so you can get an idea of like, oh, do I want this ship? Or, you know, what role do I want to try and go towards? Uh, And, you know, that's part of what excites me is, is, I say role, but... It's it's very freeform. There's no, you know, it's like, oh, I have to pick.
1: Yeah, it's it's glorified freelancer, which I can't fucking wait it, for. It,
0: exactly. Like, there's no, like, I want to sign up for the, you know, I want to be a bounty hunter. Was like, yep, be a bounty hunter, but you could also be a space trucker at the same time. There's no, like, yeah. you know, class you're choosing, like, you know, in world of Warcraft or, you know, like where you're a tank or a rogue or something like that. Like, no, it's like fully freeform play however you like. Now, obviously, the ship—the ship that you're flying—you know, you want to have keyed towards whatever uh, profession that you know excites you the most.
1: Sure. So now, if you want to, um, if you want to play a game to hold you over until <clears> that comes <throat> out, I would say at this point in time, now that it's been patched and it's been out for a year and a half. Are uh, thereabouts uh, X4 Foundations Ooh. has gotten much better than from when I last evaluated it. Um, it has a lot of kind of the same things uh, that they want to do in in Star Citizen. Um, right down to like. Uh, I'll give you a great example of something they implemented last year. Now, I haven't played in a couple months, but I- I'm installing that as well because I'm just in the mood to play something like this. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things I was able to do last year, like, you got a a distress call from, like, a derelict ship. And you could fly your ship over to it, and it this one turned out to be empty. And so, like, I was able to get close to it and kind of latch on. And then you can get out of your ship in the middle of space. So like, I'm in my spacesuit, floating over to that ship, and then I'm literally walking around inside of it. Nobody's there. Okay, I took it.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: Yeah, it 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 got a bad rap when it when it first released because like every X game, it was just loaded with bugs. And, yeah, I do
0: um, kind of remember that. Yeah, like they're very very not to say unstable, but buggy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they're another game that's just equally ambitious and because of that you get you get bugs. But I, I I would say that in their um in the time that they have had to kind of patch this up, it's become a really good game and it's one of those like I highly recommend checking it out while we're kinda of waiting for Star Citizen to do its thing. Um, just because I like, you know, when I got that, that um eval copy like I, I was able to get in touch with some of the developers and they have some serious passion for this genre at egosoft um it's it's worth checking out so all right hmm. so you've been playing that again anything else sorry we are
0: side <laughs> yeah that's right uh no that, that's that's about been it for uh for now
1: cool um, since we last played, I, or talked, I finished our Save Point Game of the Month, the main story for The Witcher 3, first time ah, ever. Ah, nice. Um, it, I put in, on the PC version alone, about 125 hours. Um, I basically hit up everything I could, tried to get all the question marks, and here's the kicker, I said F U to Gwent. I didn't even play one round <laughs> of Gwent, I don't want to play Gwent. And that's funny because, like, I'm a card-playing gambler. Nick knows this. I I can hit a blackjack table with the best of them. I just had no desire to do it while I was playing The Witcher. Um, I got the – apparently I got the really good ending. Um, I mean, Christ, at this point it's been five years. Can I spoil it? (laughs) (laughs) I think you can. All right, spoiler alert. Uh, Like, fast-forward two minutes or some shit. But no, I got the uh, the the really good ending where Ciri survives, becomes Empress of Novigrad. Oh. Not Novigrad. uh, 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 uh oh Christ. Nilfgaard. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, basically the best outcome you could get. Now, granted, I cheated a little bit because I wanted to know what that was because one of the biggest complaints about The Witcher 3, and I recommend uh, if you really want to, like if you're out to get a good ending, um, look this up first. It kind of tells you the choices you have to make in very specific quests in order to get that. And it's like, hmm. you have to do like three out of five things, and it's just not obvious because it's such a gray game. There's no black and white, there's no... You'll think you're doing the right thing. and Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and you're not. Um, but, I would argue that the other ending might be equally good, uh, just because uh, this ending almost made me cry. Because Gary and series, like, after, especially if you've seen the the Netflix series, which it was amazing. Yeah, I, um, I got to watch that. I heard oh, my good. God, dude. Like, seriously, go watch it. Like, Amber, it took me a while to convince her, like, sit down and watch this. And now she's like, God damn it, we got to wait a year for season two. And, like, <laughs> we've already talked about doing a rewatch. Like, it's fantastic. Nice. And, if you needed something to help you really get into wanting to play The Witcher 3, uh, that's the thing to do it. Because it's basically the first and second book uh, and the books take place before all of the games. So basically, you'll have enough of a foundation watching Season 1 that you'll get like 98% of the references that are made in The Witcher 3 and it just makes it it takes an already amazing game and makes it that much better. But yeah, uh, it was phenomenal. I would say it's my favorite game of the past 10 years. And I'm working my way through Hearts of Stone now. And then I'll move on to Blood and Wine. Um, On a retro front, I'm uh, working on finishing my playthrough of Quest for Glory 4 Shadows of Darkness. Um still one of my favorite games uh it was like a a quest for glory to go into a very lovecraftian bent and it was a you know a, a sierra game that was a mix of adventure and rpg and it's a five game series and i'm actually excited to play the fifth one because i haven't played it since i played through and beat it and i was in high school at the time uh so i'm very excited to get there but quest for glory 4 is still my favorite it's a very dark game you you can get the whole series on GOG for like six bucks, nice. and um, Quest for Glory Four is fully voice acted, like front to front to bottom. And if you played Sierra Adventure games, it includes the narrator. Like when you look at something, it'll be like that rock is covered in goo, and the person saying that is John fucking Reese Davies. So, is it really? Yes. Ah. Oh. And uh, he narrated the entire game. Um, when we talked to Laurie and Corey, I asked them about that, and uh, they had said, like, he is just, you know, the nicest guy, and basically hinted, yeah, we handed him basically an 8,000-page script. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, something along those Doesn't lines. Doesn't he
0: hate that? Like, Wasn't there something about, like, the Wing Commander series, or you, like, ended up hating it so much because they had to do all the different, you know, yeah, variations? Yeah, and...
1: And his his thought in the uh, Wing Commander series was, "I didn't fucking learn my lesson in Quest for Glory four. <laughs> if I remember correctly, that's the quote. Um. So yeah, I've been playing that, and I've actually been playing a lot of Final Fantasy fourteen thanks to uh, Travis's group, the RPG Kingdom. Uh, oh, they nice. Got me into yeah. That. Yeah, I'm, I'm like level thirty one. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, one of my favorite things so far. Uh, I like the story. It it feels like this would have been a great Final Fantasy game. And it just happens to be multiplayer. Um it's slow paced, obviously. It's it's a little grindy, but to me that's that's what a good Final Fantasy game is. And the story right. is good you know, the story's good enough to keep me, you know, keep me moving, keep me doing quests and, and exploring this world. So I, I really dig it. Uh but my favorite thing aside from that is the crafting. Um, the crafting in this reminds me a lot of EverQuest 2. If you take the EverQuest 2 crafting system and take it up another notch, um, mm. if you remember EQ 2, like you had crafting skills, and like right. when you were crafting something, it wasn't just hit it, craft it. It was like you had to use a skill to help this and a skill to help that or to counter this, and it's very similar. Um, whereas, like, you have a skill that'll raise the quality, uh, you know, could make it a special item, but then that takes down durability, and you'll need a skill to raise the durability, but you only have, you know, X amount based on stamina that you can do. So it's kind of a, you know, it factors in your current skill, mm-hmm. and then, you know, the techniques that you use, and it makes it a, a game in and of itself, and it's, I, I love it. It makes it. Uh, a very fun diversion to the main game. Like, crafting is usually, like, let's face it, in an MMO, it's usually not all that intriguing. You're just doing it to get to the top of the tier and sell shit. Right. But in this, it's actually, like, there's actual quests, and it feels like an equal accomplishment to adventuring, and I think it's a a masterstroke on their part. I like it a lot. Um all right, let's move on to release highlights cuz my cold is making me lose my voice. Um The Kingdom Hearts 3 DLC hits this Tuesday on the Xbox. Oh uh, wow, I mean, that was fast. Yeah, it's a rewind. Uh I can't my wife can't wait to play it, so I'm I'm excited for that to come out. Uh the release we talked about last time, Walking Dead Saints and Sinners on VR, I had mentioned I had bought it. I played it a bunch since then. Yeah, I like it. It's fantastic. It's a great... It's one of those VR games like Asgard's Wrath where you can sit and you can play it for a couple hours. Like, it's not one of those dopey experiences. It's a survival game. And, like, there's crafting. And you have to, like, sneak out into the city of New Orleans and gather materials and avoid the walking dead and... If you run into them, like, I went into the city armed with a screwdriver, and, (laughs) every item has, you know, durability, so it's like you can't just go start stabbing everything. You have to, like, really pick your battles.
0: Are you John Wick, you know, kill people with a pencil? I could, actually. Uh,
1: (laughs) With the screwdriver, like, I remember jabbing it into a zombie's head. And then you have to really like yank it out, otherwise you're. Oh, not gonna, really? Yeah, or you're gonna lose oh. it. <laughs> so it's uh, it's quite cool. I highly recommend it. The story's great. The atmosphere, especially as it gets closer to nighttime, like once you get, like you have a watch on you and it beeps when it's like halfway to nighttime, and that's like kind of your cue. Like, if you don't want shit to get really real. Like you better sneak your ass back to your boat so you can get to where your bus is at. That you're basically living out of this bus, in, like a little fortified area in the uh, cemetery where like the Laveau tombs are and all that, mm-hmm. and uh, like all those mon- uh, m- uh, mausoleums. And but if you're caught out at night, man, those fuckers come out on masse. and it's hard to see, and it's 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 creepy as shit. <laughs> Ooh. It's good. It's worth a buy. It's a lot of fun. Even if you're like, I'm not a fan. Of the TV show at all, uh, I watched like the first season and kind of started halfway through the second and
0: gave up. But the yeah, game... I enjoyed the first season, but almost by the second season, I was like, "Oh, this is going out of direction it's like exactly,
1: blah. yeah." And I was the same. I was the same as you. I was like, I, not my thing. Um, but the game is great. I highly recommend it. So that's uh, that was the release highly, but now. Let's get to the news, and I'll say this in the full disclaimer: I sound like shit, but I do not have coronavirus. That's good. Um, but however, we are a week away from PAX. Oh yeah, I'm um, I'm very excited, but starting to get a little a little nervous uh, because as of today, yesterday, Sony uh, withdrew from PAX East. They will not. Be, uh making um an appearance on the floor. And then today Square Enix withdrew all the Final Fantasy 14 uh booths and their ba- basically their appearance is gone.
0: Yeah, so it, it, to clarify like it, it's the people flying in from basically Japan yeah. are canceling. So they had a panel and some signing that was going to happen but they will still have demos up at their booth, so they'll have more local personnel, you know, okay. doing that at their booth. So you know, you'll be able to you know play Final Fantasy 14 and you know you know see the stuff. But they they will no longer have their I say content in terms of like again additional panels and the signing and I don't know what Sony else, I think Sony had a panel plan too. No. Nah. I so, look at it. This n- way. Yeah,
1: they can cancel the whole thing by next week. Me, you, and Kyle, we'll just go show those Bostonians how to drink.
0: That's um, right. And you can drive or I'll be coffee. the I'll be the Uber. designated uh, driver, and you'll be the designated
1: Uber caller. <laughs>
0: Drink some sarsaparilla. Oh
1: man, yeah. So it's it's uh, it's getting real in that sense. Uh, elsewhere in the world, and uh, obviously our thoughts go out to everybody uh, dealing with this right now. There's there's a couple more cases in the U.S. There's actually one in Boston.
0: Um, yeah, I think it was like one was detected. Yeah, uh, you know, it'll it really be interesting to see what comes out of this. I mean, like when I was flying in from Heathrow, like you know, there's a lot of like questioning that they never took like um, uh, temperature reading uh, to sure. like my head or anything like that. Because uh, I think some airports are doing that. They're you know they're running like temperature detectors. You uh, Heathrow that never did it. We're hmm?
1: fucked when we come back from Boston then.
0: But maybe who knows? I mean, here's the thing like, there's we could very much get the usual packpox, you know, that that's always a thing. That's what I'm saying. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm going to be, you know, running my usual, you know, make sure, yeah, like basically I I have a protocol when I go to cons and it's more or less it's, it's kind of helped me in the, in almost all of them that I've gone to recently. Um, You know, I went to, you know, PAX East last year, no problems. I'm listening. Yeah, so uh, the key here is uh, have a personal gel bottle of uh, of uh, what you call it um, sanitizer. Sanitizer, thank you. Um, I was trying to think of like the brand, whatever. But yeah, basically, basically have your own, th- you know, thing of sanitizer every time you touch uh, a demo console. Immediately afterwards, wipe down like. Don't feel bad about it. Like, don't, you know, you might feel like you're, you know, (laughs) replaying monk or something, (laughs) (laughs) or, you know, you know, just just that OCD is like be OCD about it at, at the con, like, do not be, do not be afraid to do that. So you, you touch, you know, computer, especially, you know, because I mean, you're at demo stations or, or controller or whatever immediately afterwards, boom put on put on the sanitizer. Obviously don't touch your your you know th- this is always the thing like don't touch your, your face, hands or anything or not hands, but you know your face at all after touching anything. Uh so you know it's like get in the habit of just like, you know, make sure you sanitize first and then then you know, if you have an itch on your face or something, like, then scratch it. Um so VR be- is out. Uh, well hands down I've always avoided the VR just because I have heard of horror stories both at like PAX and other ones where like people get pink eye yeah okay um, none of that and you know as much as I wanted to try VR before I you know finally broke down and got my headset I I simply would not do it like you know like that's where I draw the line you know it's like you know yeah sure call me call me chicken shit I don't care it's like I you know hey, I'm not walking away with pink, pink eye, eye. <laughs> yeah like I'm not stuffing my face into. And the thing is, like you know, you know, if you've been to any kind of con before, you know that the you know there's there's always kind of like a slight smell, and then you know you just like nerds are all sweaty and hot, you know, because apparently they haven't yeah, exercised no, they, before, no, and now know, now they're yeah, sticking no. their face, you know, sweaty hot face into a VR mask, and they don't necessarily wipe them down between sessions, and yeah, you know no, that's thanks. just nasty in itself. And then yeah, just you know, some people just have no hygiene. You know, it's like please people, you know. For the, for the love of everything, take a shower every day, yeah. take a shower multiple times a day. If you have to go back to the hotel room and refresh yourself, uh, put on some deodorant <laughs> well, yeah. and, you know, for God's sakes, wash your hands, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. So hands down, you know, is it, it, like now with VR, usually you'll have a demo screen set up so you can actually see what other players are doing. So I'll let, I'll let the youngins you know, do their thing and, I, and I'll get a feel for the game. So like, uh, uh I think it was two years ago, whatever I saw, um, I expected you to die. The James Bond, you know, escape, you know, game, which is completely awesome. I saw that at a demo, both of like, okay, you know, I, I see how this game is playing. I'm really interested in it. You know, it really interested me as a VR game. And when I finally got VR, it's like, oh yeah, I should, I should try this out again. So you'll, you'll be able to get a feel for what the game is trying to get across. And, you know, if obviously it interests you, then play it in the comfort of your home, own home, or a safer VR environment of like a friend's house or something. When sure. when you know they've bathed and <laughs> don't have, don't have the risk of pink eye. Um, yeah, th- that that's you know that that's the biggest thing. Um, uh, you know, uh, more or less, I'm not really meeting. You know, I'll, I'll meet some viewers and whatnot. If, if you're really paranoid, you can just do like fist bumps instead of handshakes. You know, like they actually re- recommended that. Um, Oh, it's like three or four years ago when like the last virus thing was going around. It wasn't like the, it wasn't bird flu. It was whatever. Uh, I keep want to say H1N1, but that, that's, that was, uh, that, that's the, that's that game, isn't it? A game is called H1N1. That is the game,
1: yeah. No, I, yeah, I so, seriously
0: um, But there, there was some other, you know, thing that was going around and, you know, people were a little scared about that. And, you know, it's like nothing wrong with just doing like fist bumps or even well aerial done. fist bumps where you never make contact if you want. Good advice. Um... If if you want to take it to the next level, I do sometimes see people walking around with masks on. Like if you're really concerned, like masks won't prevent you. You know, I say masks yeah, as they, are like they, they know, don't those, prevent like,
1: coronavirus. Like it, yeah, it, it goes right
0: the, through it. <laughs> yeah, the, the dentist mask is like that's more for like if you're sick, put that on and it'll prevent you from like spraying stuff into the air type of thing. Yeah, it, you know, it might it might slow down. You know, it won't prevent, but it might you know might prevent you from like. You know, getting it directly, you know, take that as you will. Uh, you know, I've seen the extreme of like people actually wearing full on, you know, not oxygen mask. But um, uh, air, you know, like air filter masks, suits. yeah, yeah, for like you yeah, uh-huh. know, like those worker worker masks. You know, like you know, for working like dusty environments type of thing. All right, well, that's um, that's
1: fair. I'll I'll get my supplies. Yeah,
0: uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, like the biggest thing you can do, you know, and and then then there's a supplementary. Get a good night rest. You know, it's like, yeah, like, you know, it's, it's packs. You want to, you know, be up all night, you know, like for me, I'm not much of a partier. So I don't really go to you know, the late night parties or whatever. Usually like after the day's done, I'll do my dinner and then I'll crash back at the, the hotel. Cause my, my feet are usually dead by that point. I just want to get off my feet. Yeah. Call me an old man. But that's no, what I'm do. getting
1: fucking old, dude. I feel you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you know, uh, you, you know, the supplementary is get a good night rest. Make sure you eat. Um, I'm, you know, uh, you know. Again, Al knows me. I'm, I'm, I'm very much the prepper. So I always kind of like, you know, like I'm getting hungry. It's time for lunch. You know, like you know, yeah. For you know, I'm maybe more youngins him in him the crowd. As he says it. It's, it's like, like yep, oh, let's go yeah. find Ty. <laughs> yeah, ex- yeah, bedtime, bedtime time. We <laughs> get <yeah>, five starts. <laughs> <laughs> Burn the fires out. Um, yeah, so uh, you know, make sure you eat. Uh, usually, I like I'll take some energy bars with me if it's a case of like you know I'm doing something and I can't you know necessarily eat right away, uh, but I'll do like an energy bar thing to just like carry me over until I can actually eat something um obviously con food is you know, not say you know bad but it's, you know it's greasy it's, you know fatty so it's not necessarily the most healthy you know you can take it to the next level of trying to eat healthy it, it can always help but you know usually i'll just eat whatever's available and i'm you yeah know, I, I have fine. a
1: free pass i've been doing the ultra low carb diet where it's like below, ah there you go below, below 30 carbs a day i've been doing it since uh uh january like second i think and i'm already oh. down like 25 pounds
0: nice dude and,
1: yeah and it's something i can absolutely stick to because like we found a low carb bread that's like two carbs a slice so i have a slice of that with what, my eggs you know, what magic topics. is this <laughs> oh dude i'll hook you up and and uh the wife found an incredible recipe for pizza crust that's a no carb pizza crust that you make with uh canned chicken and really uh, cheese and a couple other things i'll give it to you dude i mean yeah look it it's not like your fucking neighborhood pizza joint but when yeah, you, yeah. it's when something you different about you yeah, have I mean, fucking slop pizza that's gonna load you up with carbs it's delicious but i
0: I, I know you like you, you wouldn't eat it if it was you if it was like hot garbage type yeah, of thing. so I'm, I'm intrigued
1: <laughs> it's delicious i love it um i'll send you the thing tonight like it's incredible and it's not hard to make um, okay and- cool and then the other thing she got, she got me hooked on. We found a recipe. They're called chaffles. Chaffles. It's waffles, but they're made out of eggs, cheese, almond flour, something else. But they're another thing. It's like they they're like one carb a piece, and uh,
0: wow! wow. The, it's just like it's all protein then, huh?
1: Yeah, and it's the same texture of a waffle. It looks like a waffle. You have to have a waffle iron, but it's like the okay. same the same texture the same color, and we have this uh, sugar-free syrup that, to me, just tastes like good maple syrup, because maple syrup doesn't have added sugar like the real shit. It has no added sugar. And the stuff you get in the store is all loaded with crap. So this, this particular syrup just reminds me of maple syrup. We throw that on there. Or you can make them savory. She'll make them with cheese and a jalapenos in the batter. They're amazing. Um, I'll send it to you, but like, like I said I've lost almost 30 pounds at this point. And I told her like I don't even want this to be a fad. Like I could eat like this for the rest of my life and be happy. Nice. Yeah, good shit. Um All right, let's see. All right, so that's our news. Speaking of PAX, uh, we'll go to the question of the bye week We had sent out a question. um, Since we are going to PAX, you know, as the Retro Rents crew, me, Nick, and Kyle, kind of sent out some feelers as to what any of y'all would like us to check out. Um, We did get some feedback in the voicemail, so we'll actually cruise on over to that now. And we'll hear what somebody had to say. Yeah. God damn it. Why won't you let me rewind, Google Voice? Why? Here we go.
2: What's going on, everybody? Yeah. It's Sunday. I'm calling. Hopefully, I'm not calling too late. I mean, it is. That's one in the afternoon. Hopefully, you're doing it a little bit later on Sunday. I don't know. but Anyway, let's hope the call is coming in loud and clear. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah. Google actually All right. So, let's see. Question of the week. Question of the week. right. Right to the... Right to the basics, huh? You like that? Right to the basics. No goof at all. Just right to the basics. Pax East, huh? Games, games, games. You know, I don't even know. I don't even know. But let me just say this. Let me say this. Congrats to Al for he finally gets packs. I know this man's been saying he wants to get the pack. but a dream of his. He's going. Al, that is great. I hope you have the time of your life, sir. I hope it is far and above and beyond anything you could ever imagine. Just don't get sick. And you heard it from me first, don't get sick. Well, of course you know that, though, but hey. Just throw a little bit of uh, positivity your way. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I love you. Uh, Al, you know, here's what you can do for me. Here's what you can do for Old Red. If you have the power in you, if you could just somehow persuade them, Al, tell them that the crowds want Lolo brought to the Switch in an all-new, brand-new game, high-def graphics, all that beautiful stuff. We
1: want Lolo! I'm with them on this.
2: Yeah. Make it happen, Al. Make it happen. I know you can, but anyway, it sounds good. I'll talk. I don't know. I just, uh, you know what, dude? You go have fun. You look at whatever games you look at. You come back and you tell old Fred what you saw, and you impress Fred, and Fred will just take it all in, and we'll go from there. Because I really, I don't even know what to tell you to look at. I mean, I'm excited for Cyberpunk, but everybody and their brother is too. So that's not like something (laughs) big, so. I don't know, but uh, like I said, uh, yeah, Lolo, let's do Lolo, I love Lolo, I don't know why I love Lolo, I just love Lolo, Lolo is the best, yeah, Uh, yeah, I don't know, I was sick as a dog yesterday, I don't have much energy in me today, I'm still at the recovery, so if I sound a little flat, I apologize, but uh, yeah, I just want to say, uh, enjoy yourself, Al, I'm glad you're going, good for you, and uh, that's all I got, but uh, be good guys, have fun at PAX, hope everybody enjoys themselves. And as always, make sure Arriba brings the turkey the PAX also. <laughs> Arriba-durchi. <laughs> oh,
1: my God, I love Fred. Arriba-durchi, Fred. And don't feel bad, Fred. I'm a little flat and sick of shit today, okay. so I'm taking over for you. Um, yeah, you know what? I am going to ask around, um, maybe around the indie booths. I would love to find a game even built in the spirit of, uh, what was it, Adventures of Lolo? That was a great Nintendo game.
0: So um, like I'm not familiar with this. What uh, what game is this? Uh,
1: let me make sure I'm getting the name right. I think it's The Adventures of Lolo, L O L O. Um let me confirm. It's a game I played when I was much much younger. Um Yeah, Adventures of Lolo. It was a it was a puzzle game. It was a puzzle game in 1989 by Hal Laboratory for the Nintendo Entertainment System.
0: And it was Oh cool. yeah, I vaguely remember this now that I'm looking at this. Yeah. Yeah,
1: ninety four percent of people like this game. This is interesting. Like I didn't realize it was this like I, I feel like it's one of those like cult games that's really loved by the people that played it. So I get Fred's enthusiasm. I'm actually pasting uh the wiki into Discord right now. I played the hell out of this game when I was little, but I mean I'm talking God, I, I... I couldn't have been more than 8 years old. I mean, that's when it came out, and I loved it. It was available... Oh, let me see, Fred. Maybe we can help you out here. Um... Do we have a re-release? It was released for the Wii U Virtual Console... Nintendo 3DS. Oh! And then re-released again for the Nintendo Switch Virtual Console in December of 2018. So, Uncle Fred... He's not really my uncle. Uh, if you have a Nintendo Switch, you can actually get it in the Nintendo Store, which I'm actually going to do tonight. <laughs> I loved this game. Um, it's part of the Eggerland series, I think. Yeah, according there it is. Yeah, Eggerland series. Absolutely recommend uh, checking it out. It had two sequels. Um, and it was, in my opinion, it was kind of... Uh, I think it's in the same like Kirby uh, universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's right. Um, I'm seeing the thing now. Uh, the game's protagonists have appeared under the monikers Lo 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 and La 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 in Kirby's Dreamland, and later in its adaptation in Kirby Superstar, as well as Kirby's Avalanche, where they play an antagonistic role. Um, hmm. it's great though. If you never played it. I'm sure it's not too much on the virtual console. It's absolutely worth a grab if you like puzzle games. Uh they they were v- it was very entertaining for its day. Um And uh yeah, if you want to call the voice line and uh leave, you know, input or complaints or rave about a game or tell us to talk about something, uh, you can do that at 610-810-1654. And that will bring us to the conclusions, final thoughts, and shout outs. It has been an episode we have run over, but we have not done this in a while, and I figured everybody would love to hear about Nick's trip. so Nick, any shout outs or any events coming up that you would like to promote
0: so uh yeah again, big shout out to Christopher Tin for you know not only you know making the project but you know providing the opportunity for you know the backers to go to Abbey Road. Uh, and see his new album "To Shiver the Sky," uh, which is coming out this year. It's actually debuting uh, by the U.S. Air Force in Washington D.C. on May 30th. Uh, if you're you're in town, you could always you know go out and see that. Uh, but I think the album comes out later this year, so keep an eye out for that. Oh, I will. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that's uh, about it. Looking forward to PAX and going from there.
1: Nice. Um, yeah, shout out to you, Nick. Uh, that was a really great recap of your trip, and, uh, it was, it was cool to be able to, like, share that and see the pictures and stuff as you sent them home. Um, that was really cool. And, um, big shout out to everybody listening. Um, shout out to Kyle. I can't wait for the three of us to actually hang out in person next week. I think we're going to have an absolute blast. Um, I know we're going to have a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. I can't wait to go to PAX. And, um, again, big shout out to everybody listening. Shout out to our pals in the podcast community, the Everyday Gamers, uh, the boys at the Bad Fodder Figures. Although, I have to say it, I'm very disappointed. In my boy Glovebox, the gifter of my VR headset, he is not going to be at PAX. He, uh, had some opportunity to stack, yeah, yeah, opportunity to stack some more paper, make some more money. Uh, so he is uh, not going to show up, and I'm, I'm, I'm sad. I was looking forward to hanging out with my boy, but it happens. Um, wow, well, my voice is like progressively dying. <laughs> uh, I ended this at the right time. Uh, shout out to Mary, to the games, Gabe Patillo, Ed Placencia. And I'm sorry, guys. I'm getting sick, so I don't remember the rest of you. But I love you all. You're a fantastic podcast. Married to the Games. Check them out. Uh, Denny Luce and the gang at Tap the Craft. Again, a very great microbrewing brewing uh, podcast. Love those guys. Um, and finally, if you want to reach us, hang out with us. Uh, Tiny.cc slash SavePoint. Come hang out with us on the SavePoint. Talk video games. Talk anything. Answer our questions in the bye week and, uh, just, uh, hang out, it's a fun place, um, email us, theretrorents, at gmail.com, we're on Twitter, at theretrorents, uh, me, at retrorentsal, uh, Nick is at blackeagleops, and we're also on Twitch, under the same names, check us out, um, I'm really planning on starting to stream some more, especially now with this headset, I think this will actually work really well.
0: Um, yeah, so, I mean, you sound pretty good until, until your voice started to go all yeah, frog-like. <laughs> it's done. Um, but
1: yeah, I'm going to check that out at some point very soon. And that, as it is, will bring us to the end of episode 54. Um, yeah, I'm not going to be real poetic. I'm running out of steam. Nick, again, thank you for sharing your trip. And uh, everybody, till next time, have fun, play games, Don't be dicks. I'm gonna go find something to pour down my throat. Peace. See ya.